to dash, and that's okay. Um, but maybe before we get into the unenviable task of making sense of what happened on the expenditure side and uh, what happened on the revenue side and what this means for the next few years or so, let me just get some of your, I guess, um, reflections in the aggregate on you know what came out of this budget uh, for yourselves before we get into the detail. Basani, I'll start off with you and then we'll get, uh, we'll get some reflections from you as well, Pungan. Thanks, thanks, Ayabonga. I mean, basically, in summary, <laughs> this, this is a budget that really, I think, the financial sector should be very happy about, um, the wealthy should be happy about. Uh, it's really their budget. Um, it's, it's not in any way a people's budget. And, and I'll say that in, in, in three ways, right? Um, the fact that we are seeing a, a continued fiscal consolidation, we are seeing budget cuts uh, in the midst of a pandemic, with Treasury believing that in, in, in two years we'll see, we'll see a, a budget surplus. That's one. Uh, the other is that, uh, you know, there's a reduction in corporate taxes, which is quite bewildering um, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the midst of uh, of a revenue windfall from a, a commodity boom that is seen to go that it seems as though it's going to last longer than than we think. Uh, if if this kind of trajectory continues, uh, how do we think that we're going to raise the revenue right such that it it does not uh, result in these budget cuts? The the third is you know Treasury is setting up a series of false uh, trade-offs, right? Um, uh, we heard when, when there was a push around grants and, and, and um, basically a more uh, effective security, uh, a social security system, its response was actually no, no, no to grants but yes to jobs, as if there is this false uh, trade-off between the two. What we hear in the budget today is another false trade-off, right? Which is the idea that uh, if we have grants, then we'll see budget cuts in public services, right? Which is, again, uh, a false uh, trade-off in terms of um, uh, uh, this idea that that is necessarily the case. If we don't make, uh, if we make use of progressive taxation, we believe that that will not necessarily be the case, right? And so uh, these are false kinds of dichotomies and are quite dangerous. And what we see is a budget that actually needs to speak to the complementarities and interdependencies between jobs, public services, and also uh, social protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bungan? Uh, no, good evening. Um, I think earlier when you were welcoming, I actually wanted to say uh, good evening in the name of uh, the revenue windfall, because I think that's <laughs> the main externality that has played a, a big role in terms of how the Minister of Finance, Nokodongwana, has framed some of the priorities and allocations here this um, uh, the, 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 uh, today. Um, and that is to say, Kosibe, that um, I, I would have hoped that perhaps even the framework of this budget would have been as a result of our own doing, but um, it has been as a result of the externalities that have been associated with um, 
the commodities uh, boom that we saw um, last year in this instance. And of course, we saw a number of things. Um, some of the things that were quite notable um, in my observation was as it relates to this um, concerted effort around uh, the reduction of the deficit when it comes to the debt-to-GDP um, ratio, it being um, 75% to GDP, achieving it a year earlier than anticipated, which has been a focus of National Treasury in this instance. Um, what was also quite surprising was, of course, the uh, no increment from the road accident fund point of view and mm. the fuel levies and so on. Um, what was quite surprising, um, I should say, um, with, with Dr. Bassani mentioning it now, is the reduction in corporate income taxes uh, by one percentage point. Um, the, the, the rationale around uh, that particular uh, position, um, I'm not quite persuaded around what the particular need for, for that. Sure. Um, the second one was uh, from a strategic um, economic development point of view as it relates to the SME sector. Of course, um, we've had many discussions before around the opportunities that do lie um, in the small, micro, and medium enterprises and being able to leverage that particular sector in the, in the scenario that we find ourselves in right now as a country uh, to really try and drive growth rural, semi, semi-rural, semi-urban and urban areas for, for South Africa's um, medium to long-term future. But in the, in the speech itself, but also when you look at some of the allocations around um, the, what was referred to as the business bounce back um, to be able to support SMEs um, and the laxing of eligibility criteria and having a dimension of equity-linked loans, um, I, I still found um, it would be interesting, number one, to really identify and see what the, the eligibility criteria looks like. But secondly, it, it would appear to me that the ideas around really um, igniting this particular sector are quite limited um, in the present environment. And mm-hmm. that, for me, I think it's a, it's a, it's a particular concern around how do we, how do we then unearth the potential that lies in this particular sector. So those are just some of the notable things on, yeah, on my side yeah. now, Basali, let me come to you because I think, you know, the two sort of broad reflections from yourself and Domeso as well uh, touch on where I guess some of the big concerns are. But if we think about our SOEs, and I, and I made the point earlier on, I guess, to some of our listeners, that the bulk of capital spending in South Africa um, is shouldered by these SOCs, Transnet, ESCOM, SANRAL, uh, you know, our water boards, um, rather than government per se in a direct sense, national government, provincial government, and local government. Your thoughts on sort of the allocations that have gone there? I was quite happy to see, you know, bigger allocations for Sunrail and the Passenger Rail Agency, but um, had a lot of question marks around ESCOM. Um, And I think the DG as well, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, the the sense, he did indicate that a long-term sort of plan of commitments to ESCOM had been made and some of those would be in this three-year period, the others would be in another uh, MTF period. Just your thoughts on that. I mean, for us, I mean, the, the, the issue around the SOEs is obviously of concern, right? Um, and uh, what, uh, I mean, and they, uh, they obviously have ownership on a range of key um, uh, infrastructure mm. um, that can definitely be leveraged for job creation and growth. But for me, I think what is of uh, what is of major concern is how 
it seems as though much of the financing of how of of the so or like let's say the infrastructure plans right many of which will impact uh the various soes is around um uh, private financing mm. and and the use of of, of public uh, procurement. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, public private partnerships, right, as a way of uh, financing um, uh, infrastructure provision. Much of which, again, uh, many of these OSOEs would have would be impacted by, and that to me is of huge concern. We are already seeing, for instance, uh, 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 in the energy sector, uh, huge price increases, uh, uh, much of which actually the, the, the big contribution to the price increase are our independent, uh, are, are the ITPs, right? This is what has come out of the whole, the, the NERSA discussions and, uh, and, and ESCOM's uh, application for, for, for a, a, a tariff increase. Will we be seeing the, this in, the, in, uh, in Transnet, for instance, uh, uh, you know, will we be seeing this kind of, uh, of this, this kind of modality, right? For me, that is a big concern because, again, these are services that are mostly used by the poor, and uh, this will have uh, 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 price increases, and therefore uh, there will be issues around uh, 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 it will create issues of uh, inequalities in access, right? So that, for me, uh, was what was a key takeaway in the way in which we are wanting to finance, um, uh, uh, the, yeah, in, in the way in which we are wanting to meet this um, funding gap mm. through private financing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess, I mean, you know, this is the issue here, Numi, so that uh, um, in many parts of this budget, it, it, it's kind of gotten that sense, you know, you've taken from this area uh, to prioritize certain areas. It's clear the investment, I guess, in the network industries um, is quite apparent, whole story around the infrastructure-led recovery. But if we go to higher education, uh, it seems we've continued on the trend of, one, above-inflation contributions as it relates to the university education sector, but massive reductions in the CETAs uh, who facilitate the learnerships and, of course, uh, you know, big reductions uh, or, I guess, negative, in negative, you know, real terms, uh, reductions in what went out to TVET colleges, massive slashing of the artisan development programs as well. Um, it just seems like, you know, it's difficult to reconcile. You want to build your infrastructure on the one hand, but you're also, I guess, slashing, you know, all of the funds that are aimed at building the skills base to make sure that you build that infrastructure? Sure. Procedure. I think the, the, these two points are quite critical. Um, the point around the management of network industries um, as, as an enabler of um, a, an economic growth trajectory that would be desirable in this instance. Um, because I think on that particular point, it just raises, it raises the, the point around the extent to which fiscal policy um, has an influence on aggregate demand and, of course, um, in this instance, being able to drive um, uh, desirable levels of economic activity in strategic sectors in the South African economy. Uh, but then if you don't manage um, your network um, industries well, then what is then the effect of stimulating aggregate demand 
if network industries are not managed effectively. So, so I think on that discussion, it raises that particular point. And I think when it comes to this, the criteria that the minister mentioned around uh, what it looks like to outline a framework of um, uh, allocating um, uh, spent to SOEs, it would be interesting the effect that it would have from an operational point of view and, of course, enhancements where the business models of SOEs are concerned. Yeah. On the education and higher education point of um, uh, side, the, it's, 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 it's certainly um, a bit contradictory on, 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 a, on a number of levels. I think one of the other ones has been um, the um, decline when it comes to investment in school infrastructure, mm. given the, the, the great need um, for this infrastructure, particularly if we're saying that we want to, um, uh, we're moving into a digital future, and of course we want to increase the, 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 the competencies from a human capital point of view. And of course, if we would know um, the, the importance of investment of, in human capital, particularly when we're increasingly uh, moving in an age that is digital, and we know that the South African um, economy rewards knowledge and it rewards services-based industries. And so when you find instances where allocations towards higher education and learning in general um, is, uh, is declining in real terms at the level at which it is, then from a real position, it makes it very difficult to see whether or not we'd be able to achieve some of the goals that we have set ourselves, at the least if we were to, uh, if we were to refer it to the goals that have been set out in the National Development Plan. And of course, Kasiba, uh, you and I really know uh, what that means um, at the ground level in terms of being able to make these allocations effective mm-hmm. and to be broad-based as much as possible so that um, uh, young people, the human capital that we have in South Africa can be able to contribute to the industry, but also ignite the innovation that's required that can then be able to speak back to um, uh, people who are interested in perhaps uh, commercial enterprise and being in business and so on and so forth. So that particular uh, disjuncture makes it very difficult to be able to reconcile how that would aid us to achieve the objectives that we'd want to achieve from um, a stimulation of key sectors mm. um, in the South African economy. Yeah, yeah, and I guess, I mean, that's th- that's the question. Uh, you, you don't want to be trying to do one thing on the other, which might give rise to leakage on the other side. Um, and I think it comes back to the point of sort of what is our sense of uh, the role of fiscal policy as but one instrument um, alongside other instruments uh, that one might have in our policy mix. We're going to take a brief break now. And uh, when we come back, we'll take a look at some of what's coming through in the voice notes. And I'll continue my discussion with Dr. Basani Baloy and with Ndumi Swahateb as well. Stay tuned. Much are worried about uh, the increment of alcohol and uh, tobacco because, uh, you know, we are going to be paying tax as the business people of uh, alcohol and tobacco while those who sell illicit cigarettes will make their cigarettes up while they're not be they won't be paying tax and um, again there will be increase in umtomboti i mean the business huh? people who sells umtomboti they will be increasing while umtombo or if i can call it king con will will have not be increased at shops so it will be unfair to us taxpayers this is Moses Mukwena of Hamukwakwaila. Thank you. Moses Ukalangen Gotus. Good evening, Ayabonga. I like to test Mr. Finance for increasing the the patient money for for all people. 
and I like to thank uh, him for increasing the the, the child money trend. Yeah, because why I'm taking them for increasing that money is that some of us we get supported by that money and it's becoming important to us since the job here in South Africa is very scarce. Uh, thanks for that. And then when it comes to alcohol increasing and, um, and and tobacco, why they increasing that thing? Because they were, during lockdown, hard lockdown, they were closed for that thing. Why now they increasing it? Yeah. But uh, what you can say, we got no control of that thing. Thanks for the nice show as always. Hey, tada. We need to get money somewhere to build more trauma units. Go to Bara on a Saturday night. So, uh, yeah, we need to make sure. Um, at least there are nurses that are there to stitch you up and uh, all of that. So, I guess that's the reality. But uh, back to my guests. Uh, Dr. Basani, your comments just on the. A lot of that on excise uh, taxes. Uh, but some of your reflections on what has been shared there and also Ntlaganipo saying uh, how big a part, I guess, child support grants, foster care grants and old age grants play in many household incomes and uh, many people dependent on those, uh, even if they aren't necessarily the direct beneficiaries. I mean, you know, the grant is is like extremely important, especially within the within a, a, a job bloodbath that we are seeing where, you know, millions are, are unemployed and we've got the worst unemployment rate uh, that we see. And so uh, grants are definitely a lifeline for millions of, of, of South Africans. And in fact, we've also uh, heard of how they have been utilized as a livelihood strategy that um, is, is not just around, you know, purchasing food, but also trying to um, uh, uh, use it as a way of creating some kind of, of, of self-employment. So that, for me, is, 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 is very critical. Uh, we, we saw, obviously, that there, there is this allocation uh, on, on the, 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 the SRD grant. However, what we are mindful of the fact that, that this is not part of, although it has been extended, um, uh, it, it's uh, not part of the, the uh, uh, medium-term expenditure framework, right? Of, yes, yes. Uh, only one I year, I guess, of it, yeah. So only, only, one year, uh, yeah. only one year, right? Yet then there's this explicit remark uh, within uh, the, 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 the Treasury, uh, uh, the, the budget, which basically says that uh, a UBIG is basically out of the question, right? So, I mean, this is, this is the issue. What we heard from... Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the president is that we're going to have this SRD for a year and then we're going to think about uh, what it can be possibly replaced by. Let's, let's think about another minimum income uh, 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 replacement, of course, yeah. and discussions are to be had right around that. Now, what Treasury is doing is basically closing the discussion before it has actually happened. Right, by explicitly ruling out uh, this music, which for us is a but is, I mean, is Basani, but, but Basani, I mean, we know there's always violence, there's always adjustments, even within the MTF period. So, I mean, I'm not sure if we can say that just by virtue of it not being there now, 
that political decisions within a three-year cycle might not necessarily change what those allocations would look like. I mean, what's your sense of that? I mean, that is a very good point. However, we've been, we've been trying to work with Treasury, and Treasury really has been a block, right? As I said before in my opening remarks, that Treasury has been quite consistent in how it has tried to um, pit grants against various other policy measures and saying that if we have grants, then this is what's going to happen. If we have grants, then that is what's going to happen. It has been consistent in that approach, right? And so so that for us is, is, is of huge concern, which means that should... Right in in two years' time, we see the U big. It is. It will not be because mm. of Treasury's, uh, you know, uh, uh, Treasury like coming to the party without any lobbying. Sure. Right. Sure. Uh, sure. And that is what we. That is how we see it. Right. In the terrain of of the balanced forces. Okay. All right. So so I want us to pause here for a second, uh, and uh, Pungana, I'm going to get your views uh, just after we go to our break here on uh, some of what we saw. Uh, in the budget vote of the Department of Employment and Labor. I mean, a big noise has been made over the last while on enforcement of quotas uh, in certain segments of our labor market, hospitality, you know, retail, um, you know, restaurants, that type of thing. And all of that assumes, I guess, that, you know, even if you create the law that you're going to be able to enforce it, and it's the inspectorate that enforces it. And uh, we saw a uh, decline there of, uh, you know, a significant amount. I mean, from 5.7% in the last three years or so uh, to, in the next three years, 0.9% growth in the allocation to inspection services to enforce labor standards. And uh, we're going to talk about that uh, when we come back from this break. And, uh, yeah, also going to be uh, heading out to uh, some of those voice notes. So do share those with us and uh, we'll certainly take some of uh, your thoughts on uh, what happened in that budget earlier on today. Good evening, Positive. Thank you again for a great show in which you break down to its finer details, the budget for us. But over and above that, I want to congratulate you for your efforts in going out to seek people of our color who are going to do analysis on our behalf, which is something most of the other shows, which are similar to yours, do not do. We are interested in African leadership. Save extra at Checkers Liquor. That presents a significant challenge because in the, in the delivery of services, headcount in the public sector is, is very important. I think um, a clear illustration of that would be, for instance, if we look at the headcount that is available to render services to the public um, at home affairs or even in, the, in policing when we saw the July riots of last year, um, where we saw that the, 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 the marginal or decline in allocations for, for, for where headcount is concerned and the role that it plays in the state's ability to be able to execute on oh. certain tasks. So, of course, even when it comes to the uh, inspectorate in this instance, it certainly does create real limitations in being able to enforce um, uh, ratifications that have been recently made, particularly in this instance. And, of course, we know um, the developments that have come through in the news around uh, Huawei and and other companies that are, uh, um, in effect, um, uh, practicing um, um, such instances 
where whereby they're not uh, in essence applying, um, abiding by, uh, by by the laws, employment labor laws of the country. So it certainly does create um, um, serious limitations, and it's important to really consider this headcount conversation mm. um, um, quite closely, particularly because we're not only dealing with fiscal allocations and how it also relates to uh, being able to, 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 to conduct the inspections, but being a South African country and, of course, being located on the southern tip of the African continent, there are other issues that are at play which are social dynamic issues that are also yeah. quite important to sure. take into account in this instance, particularly as it relates to labor laws in South Africa. It's not mm. a question of just merely saying, yes, South Africans should have majority allocation in terms of employment allocation and so forth. But we also need to be very clear that even in this instance, we are not divorcing ourselves from our neighbor states in this sure. instance. Sure. Because sure. ultimately, our bargaining power and positioning um, in the world when it comes to lobbying and advocacy for particular positions that affect the developing world of the global mm, south, mm. that kind of uh, solidarity becomes quite yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. So this issue, I think, for CBE is two-pronged in that instance on the issue okay. of headcount, but number two, also the implementation of it sure. also has an effect um, that would have from a solidarity point yeah. of view. So I think it's important that we view it from that okay. lens. Thanks for that. Uh, Basani, let me give you the last word just on the issues around debt being raised there by um, Floyd Chibambo of the EFF saying we are in uncharted territory, but we also know a lot of our foreign denominated debt is up, uh, you know, for maturation in the coming financial years, in the next three years or so, in the case of some of this debt. Um, And if uh, the exchange rate is weakened there, we might find ourselves in a fix just in 30 minutes or so. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. Your reflections on that? You know, I, I think, can I just please, if you don't uh, mind, uh, allow me to speak on what you've just posed to your, your, your panelist quickly. Well, just briefly, I think because we've only got about 30 seconds or so. Okay, very, 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 very briefly. Our focus should be on job creation, right? Job creation. We need to ask ourselves whether or not this budget is about job creation. No, it is not about about job creation. If we look at how much is being allocated towards economic development, specifically on industrialization and um, and, uh, uh, and exports, right? Not much, okay, is being allocated. About thirty nine billion, right, within the total package that we have. That failure by the state, the state basically sees itself not as a developmental state, but as a regulatory state. Journey where it will just cut rate tape, and that's all that it does, mm, right? Mm. It does not see itself in sure. partnership in creating these types, in creating yeah. these jobs. Basani, As a result Basani, of which, then uh, we have this whole job reservation yes. nonsense. As a distraction from the failure of the state to actually work in partnership with the private sector in creating these jobs yeah, and yeah. putting the resources towards that. And that, for me, is going to, is about, is going to build the xenophobic uh, kind of sentiment, sure, sure. and that is dangerous and is a repeat of, of other areas, uh, issues that we've seen Masani, before. We're going to have to leave it there. <laughs> we're going to have to leave it there. Ah, so many things to talk about, so little time. Uh, but also, I guess, uh, just on that point, uh, it's a big part of this industrialization story, and to see uh, manufacturing incentives cut in that fashion, or, or and, uh, production and systems improvement incentives cut in that way, and uh, the DG of uh, National Treasury says, well, some of these things aren't working. 
as they ought to. So uh, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, Basani and Dumiso, <laughs> thank you to the pair of you. And uh, yeah, long may the discussions continue on this particular one. No, thank, thank you so, so much, much. Thanks so much for having us. Awesome stuff. Thank, thank you. you. That there was Dr. Basani Baloy from the IEJ and then Dumiso Hatebe from Pax Africana Holdings. Well, it is ball here in Wheatbank, man. You know, it seems like um, those who are in higher positions, they don't care about those who are at a level of poverty. Because now they are strategizing their increment. They've been doing it on petrol, and now they, since they saw that on, uh, on petrol mm. people will be will will be much aware of it then they said they they, they, they tried to start to strategize their plan then they said the increment must be on the alcohol and and um and tobacco hey! and uh, yeah i guess it's the price we have to pay for all of these vices that we love so much we're gonna have to leave it there folks for tonight it's a little after 9 p.m the man with the music is standing by he's with you from nine through to midnight big thank you Jaws now it's Jola for putting together this great product and to you the listener Umbula Longa Zinzi CEO takes strength my Africa Sinangoku Sasaibanga Le Economy